0: they say that a small hole in the body is a large hole in the soul welcome to the transformative daf my name is rabbi daniel friedman today we are on page 19 of tractate kiddushin and we learn why in our tradition our bodies are considered so holy welcome to the transformative daf and thank you for being my chavrisa today i like to begin with a story Ruvein was desperate he'd lost his job and his savings were completely depleted how would he put food on the table for his dear family? He was willing to do anything. He decides to pay Shimon a visit. Ruvain, sir, I'm here to ask you for a loan. Shimon, of course, how much would you like to borrow? Ruvain, I'm asking for $100,000 to start a business. Shimon, that's a hefty sum. What if you don't have the money to pay me back? Ruvain, I promise you, I'll pay back the money I owe you. I'll tell you what, if I don't repay you within six months, you can lock me up until someone steps up to pay the money owing to you. Shimon, fine, I accept that condition. Six months later, Shimon summons Ruven, asking for his money. Downtrodden, Ruven explains that his business failed and he doesn't have the money to repay the loan right now. So I'm locking you up and incarcerating you in my dungeon then, Shimon responds. That's what we agreed. You can't do that, exclaims Ruvain. I was just exaggerating. You have no right to imprison me. Unable to resolve their conflict, they head off to the Rivash for a halachic decision. When a man and woman get married, there are certain minimum expectations he must provide for her. Today's Duff discusses a case where the man stipulated that he would not provide those essentials. Is the betrothal still valid? Let's look at the Gemara. One who says to a woman, you are hereby betrothed to me on the condition that you have no claims upon me for food, clothing, or marital relations, she is betrothed, and his condition is void. This is a statement of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda says, regarding monetary commitments, that is food and clothing, his condition stands. Rashi explains, since one may waive monetary commitments, the stipulation stands, but marital relations are considered Bodily oppression and thus not subject to waiver. Let's analyse the Gemara. While well, the Yehuda maintains that food and clothing may be excluded from the marriage agreement, marital relations may not be ignored. Presumably, we're talking about a situation where she is financially independent and doesn't need his monetary support. Marital relations, however, only he can provide, stipulating that he will not engage is a form of physical oppression, and it's prohibited to harm the body. Based on al-gamara the Rivash listened to Ruvain and Shimon ruling in favor of Ruvain. When he took out the loan, even if he had meant his stipulation seriously, it was invalid. For a person has no right to agree to harm his body, and imprisonment is a form of bodily persecution. In fact, continued the Rivash, even if Ruvain would give Shimon permission to slap him in the face, it would be forbidden because we do not own the right to harm our bodies. Just think of the practical implications of that ruling. One must think twice before engaging in certain full-contact sports where bodily harm is inevitable. It's forbidden to harm another human being physically, even if he is granted permission. Judaism attributes unparalleled significance and value to the human body. A principle of our faith is belief in the resurrection. When Mashiach comes, all the souls will return to their bodies, Why? Because it would be unjust to reward only the souls in heaven. They didn't do mitzvahs on their own. It's a partnership between your soul and your body. A soul can't put on tefillin or accompany a senior citizen across a busy street. They served God together and both must be rewarded. That's why harming the body is so egregious. The body is the vehicle for your heavenly service. If the body isn't operating at peak capacity, then the soul is unable to maximize its potential. A classic Hasidic aphorism says, A small hole in the body is a large hole in the soul. How does that work? I was 47 years old when I sustained my first ever sports injury. Growing up, I'd participate in every extreme sport from rollerblading on the halfpipe to skiing and snowboarding to canyoneering, skydiving and hang gliding and thank God no problems ever. Then one day it was winter break and we took the kids to a roller skating rink. Everyone was having a splendid time when suddenly the wheel snapped off my skate and I came tumbling down. An x-ray the next day confirmed I'd broken my leg and needed surgery. Now in the big scheme of life's ups and downs, it was a minor hassle. Yes, it hurt, but being confined to the house in a wheelchair was more of an inconvenience than anything else. Well, that's what my rational mind decided, at least. Meanwhile, my soul was crying out for the mitzvahs it couldn't perform. For several weeks, I didn't daven with a minion. We didn't invite guests for Shabbos. I was unable to video and send out the daily transformative daft messages, meaning many people weren't learning Torah. It was all well and good for me to shrug it off and deposit it in the That's Life folder, but my mitzvah performance was seriously curtailed by the accident. It might not have been that big a deal to physical me, but spiritual me was suffering in a major way. That's the meaning of a small hole in the body is a large hole in the soul. As I sat by the side of the rink with a bag of ice on my leg, my wife Bhatia said, did you notice that we were the only adults in the rink? I did. But my attitude was, boy, what a good dad I am. Here on the rink enjoying this activity with my kids, I can't believe all those other parents sitting by the side engrossed in their smartphones. Looking back, I'm not sure anymore that I was the cleverest adult in the room. When I was able to start getting around on crutches, I heard countless stories of folks who had broken bones and couldn't work or travel for weeks or months. They swore they would never engage in the kinds of activities that led to their accidents. They had a point. I'm pretty sure that that incident will end up being etched into history as my final time on skates or for that matter, engaged in any physically risky activity. I love that kind of thing, but it's just not worth it. In addition to the repercussions for work and travel, I cry for all the mitzvahs I missed out on because of a silly little skating accident. There are other more meaningful ways I can bond with my beautiful children, but my body is simply too precious and spiritually essential to place it in any position of danger. It's just not worth it. My soul needs it way too much to fulfill its mission on earth. Your body is a special gift from Hashem. Look after it, feed it healthy food, keep it well oiled with the right diet and exercise regime. Don't ever abuse it with unsavory substances. Your soul has only one body and it has so much to accomplish with it. May you always treat it with the respect and care that the chariot of the soul deserves, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning in to the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. If you've enjoyed being my chavrisa today, please consider purchasing the book series or partnering with the Center for Torah Values as we show the value of Torah and instill our values with Torah. Check it out at transformativeduff.com and across social media at Rabbi Daniel Friedman.